Contract Properties is a homegrown, family-owned maintenance company located in Nashville. They provide HVAC, electrical, plumbing, painting, and many other services for commercial and residential properties. From build-outs to junk removal, one call does it all. Whether you're a homeowner or a property manager, give Contract Properties a call today for a free estimate. 615-356-0755. That's 615-356-0755. Or visit contractproperties.net. Do I have everybody's attention now? Now it's time for Jason Martin and Ball for Life Ramon Foster. Powered by all four seasons garage doors. Together, they are J-Mart and Ramon on 104.5 The Zone. Ramon is so petty. How you like me now? He's during the breaks with a grin on his face saying, look at all this talk about the Steelers' offensive line this year. It's been people hitting me up. I actually had a player. Oh, I, I know you did. It's like, hey. We'll, you, we'll leave his name out of it because I know Steelers Nation listens to this program a lot, too. They've been like, you mind coming out of retirement? Clearly, there's been talks, but I told them, man, no, I'm not doing that. The answer is yes. Turd. Yeah, they don't bring in turds anymore. No, they leave them in Cleveland restrooms. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's some turd stuff right there. Yeah. Thing about it was, man, Sunday I was having that stomach virus. Yeah, you were. I understand Lamar's plight. <laughs> you Except I didn't really have all that problem. No, you didn't. You was out here dead, like just sick and shut in is where you were. Yeah. My son had that. By the way, there is a little bit of a stomach bug going around for everyone. My son had it earlier if in the week. If you catch it, it sucks. It doesn't last long, but it sucks. Yeah, about 24 hours. Yeah. What's the first thing to come to your mind, though? COVID, man. Rona? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's not a laughing matter. No, no, no. I'm just saying. That's just what we are as a society like, right now. Do I still taste things? <sighs> like when Abby gave me my first snack yeah. or whatever in the afternoon, I was like, hold up. Do I taste these almonds? She, she said it like you, 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 you've you been a good boy when Abby gave me my first snacks in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, the way you said that, it was like you were Margot getting your afternoon snacks. <laughs> He's over here. Why, why I almost whiskers. forgot we were on terrestrial radio for a second, fellas. <laughs> He's the one that he gives him my first snack. She put your she also put your water bowl out front. If I been a good boy, <laughs> she brought me some ginger ale. Yeah. F y'all. <laughs> oh screw now, y'all. screw now y'all. Let's screw us when oh, he's that's Screw us now, huh? <laughs> yeah. Screw all y'all. Man. I, I swear, we go to his house and we see a water bowl with a J on it. I'ma lose my mind. Yeah. <laughs> Like Jason, we have faucets. First snack just means the first thing I tried to eat <laughs> after being sick. That's oh. <laughs> so good. <laughs> after that, he brings me my first snack. <laughs> Make sure you order some, man. It's a two drink minimum, two order, two item minimum here at Zany's. Oh, here at Zany's Comedy Hour. Donnell Rawlings about to hit oh, the stage. Oh man, that was good, Jason. Shout out to Abby, man. By the way, cool, super cool and chill. She hang, she hung outside with the guys on Saturday night, man. There's only one questionable decision she's made in recent years. What? Marrying you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to steal that joke right from the clutches because I saw it coming from Jonathan Schaefer. 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 Yeah, she hung, she hung with the gang on Saturday night, man. It was real cool. 
That was real cool, man. Ron she brought touched, those brownies. She did bring those, but mint chocolate chip brownies. Never even thought of that. Your wife, the goat, brought I'm, those. I married up, man. Oh, you did. I married up. Oh, you did. And, and man, your wife with the Rotel dip. Yeah, I, I was, saw y'all over there. The only thing I didn't touch was the pigs in a blanket. The pigs in a blanket. I'm not a not, my, my uh, youngest liked them. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I mean I'm mean, i sure they were good. Yeah. I just. Finger foods for the game. I needed more room for the blue cheese steak. Hoo-hoo. Blue cheese Ooh. crusted steak. I'll tell you what, the blue cheese on the steak? It was funny, man. I got no, there's nothing but love for that. I'm just trying to help I hate it. Every, every bite, I'm like, gosh, I like this. <laughs> he did and not. I got to tell him, too. It's so true. Chief, did you notice he didn't, say, he didn't say the steak was good all night until like it was time to go? He's like, I really didn't want to admit it, but the steak is pretty good. You know good, why? Mom. Because as soon as I said it, I was going over to get a second plate. <laughs> yeah. And I overhear you, like I'm five steps clear, and I hear... See, I win. <laughs> That's why. That's why. <laughs> Jason, do, do you blame me? Huh? No, no. Do you blame me? No, no absolutely. That's what we've not. cultivated yes, on this here radio program. What's your soul, baby? Fire Jeremy Pruitt, written in black paint mm-hmm. on the rock. Yeah, the rock. By the way, is a. It's a figure on. It's basically a human on on, on UT I mean, campus. Not, it's okay, it's basically a, a rock. It's a rock, a huge, it's a boulder, really. And you can just do all kinds of stuff. Fraternities have thrown their stuff on there. Organizations have, just random people have put their stuff on there. Just wait, crazy. wait a second. What? What now, Jason? I say it's a rock. You're like, it's a boulder. It's a boulder. Yeah. Those two things are the same. A rock is something you pick up. A boulder is significantly bigger. Okay. You know that. Don't even try, don't try to come back before I tell Abby, bring your water bowl up here. They don't call it the boulder. It's the rock, but it's still, I'm, I'm just painting the picture on how big the rock is for people that are Tennessee haters, okay? Lamar like Jackson yourself. had a few boulders. You dropped them last <laughs> night too. And they're dropping all kind of signs on this rock at UT right now. Yeah, so it said fire Jeremy Pruitt. It said that over the weekend. And I think and, somebody covered it up, oh, it, right? It was, it was covered up. The yeah. only thing that was left on there was like the joy. There was something else. It Whoever joy is. It's a, it's an ex- exclamation of praise. Oh. It's a rejoicing. Celebration. That is demerit. I don't think that's what it was meant, but okay. I mean, but yeah. It was positive. So they got rid of that. And then it was rewritten. <laughs> fire, fire Coach Pruitt. We have more paint than you. That so is, that's going to become a thing. It is. And I'll say this. Unless he's taking a different route around campus, Coach Pruitt has to see that every single time he goes past it, which might be at like 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. But he's seen it or somebody is telling him about it. Like, hey, they got uh, somebody's painted the rock. Have you seen it? And at least, if for anything, the players have seen it. Staff has seen it. The campus. This is something that... People have, uh, I've seen somebody propose from the rock. You know, it's like something everybody sees. From the boulder. From the boulder. Either way, the rock, the boulder. Um, but it <laughs> says. just shaking his head. I know, because he know how petty you are this morning. It's cool. No, he just understands. He's like, gosh, I have landed in this radio show. Yeah, I know. But it's all good. We're watching the end of that game last night. You knew exactly what this kind of day was going to be. 100%. Cool fest. Yep. Yep. Nope. Pretty much. And we both say yep at the same time. Also, the Vols program. Hey, chill. What about Western Kentucky? I've never seen a dumpster fire like this. Oh, that guy. By the way, he's the cousin of the show. He's consistent. I rock with him. I might not like you what he says. You bolder with him. Yeah, I bolder with him. 
Either way, um, when the campus start talking, start putting stuff up on the rock, aka the boater, the the the, the billboard, it's not good. It's just not good. If you've been on UT campus, you've seen the way it's advertised certain things, and if that's how the campus is feeling, and they're gonna continue to put it up, what do you do? What position are we in? Fair, you know. So, so Kevin Steele is right now. He's a defensive coordinator who's kind of interim coach at Auburn, and there's a booster that wants him, and increasingly they're saying he's the lead candidate. It's a who that wants him? Now, I think it's some a, booster. A booster. Key booster. Yeah, 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 yeah. That. Okay, so I saw Barrett Salih CBS say, I think this is a smokescreen, and I could understand that, that they still want Hugh Freeze perhaps or whatever else. But this is from uh, AL.com. John Talty and Matt Zenitz last night. Kevin Steele has emerged as a serious candidate. Multiple sources believe Steele could be the leading candidate. Then they reported that Hugh Freeze may not be under serious consideration due to the belief he'd prefer the Tennessee job should Jeremy Pruitt get the axe. Now, we had already heard A to Z had that report. It may have been about a month ago about Hugh Freeze wanting to to be at Tennessee, and we've known that for Mm -hmm. years. Like Mm -hmm. that's, That's a job he has coveted. And, I, and the reason why the picture of me polling is fascinating, asking where he's going to be is, Hugh Freeze is a head coach of blank next season. Is the picture of me polling at J. Martin Ramon. That's where we want to see your votes. Tennessee, Auburn, Liberty, other. I voted for Liberty. Here's the reason why. I'm still not sure Tennessee is making a move this year. And I think Hugh Freeze does want Tennessee. Yeah. If you want Tennessee, then you don't go to Auburn. If you want Tennessee and you're not worried about what's going to happen next year at Liberty, why not go back there and wait it out? Especially yeah. if you've had conversations behind closed doors. Let's say Philip Fulmer doesn't want him. Hey, Hugh, it's, it's going to be all right. Something, Phil's honestly, not be if we either. can be transparent, that's something we've all heard. Like, it's been on social media. It's been everywhere. Is there some type of friction maybe between the two dating back to the Ole Miss uh, scenario that, 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 that came about in the early 2000s? Like, that's where it comes from, I guess, somewhat. At yeah. least that's what, you know, reports say or just, I guess, insiders tell us. I mean, you never know, but don't. for whatever reason, the what the, at least what's kind of leaked out a little bit is that Fulmer's not a big Hugh Freeze fan. Yeah. And I think at some point that becomes worse for Fulmer than it does for Freeze if Tennessee values winning enough. The question is just, is Fulmer alone, or is he supported by right. most of the staff and the faculty and the, the administration and the boosters, yeah. all of that? And the other part of it, though, is this, is if he's supported by those guys inside the building, there's still a smaller number from the public outcry of saying, hey, we want to change. That's where Fulmer gets in trouble. That's the part that gets him. If you start losing the public, as far as your supporters on the outside, no matter what people say on the inside, we've seen this time and time again where social media plays out in a way that can kind of ruin somebody's reputation, career, or as simple something as simple as their choice. Like, you can be ridiculed for just saying, you know what, I like blue more than, than red. Like, right now we're talking about a college coach in the sense of saying that, hey, we as a whole, and it's a loud cry from a lot of people, looking at David Ubbins' page right now where he, he shows the back and forth of yeah. the fire prove it. The covered up choose joy, and then they're right back at it with the. Uh, and look at this point in time. If they cover it up again, it's just going to happen again. Like now, it becomes. Yeah. Even if they, even people that don't care will paint it now. Yeah, a hundred percent. Now it's just going to happen. 
We got Bill Bender coming up from the Sporting News. Of course, he covers college football for that publication. He's also in Ohio. So we're going to be able to talk to him about Freeze and about Auburn and about Pruitt and Tennessee. We're also going to be able to talk to him about last night. Yeah. And whether or not he thinks Lamar Jackson had cramps. <laughs> Let's roll, baby. Be right back. Jay Martin Ramone, 104.5 The Zone. Get the Titans and Lions. Coverage starts with Blaine Bishop, Mickey Ryan, and Kevin Dyson. Sunday morning at 10 on your home for Titans football. 104.5 The Zone. Did you hear our conversation? Look at, listen to Schaefer. Listen to us. Two breaks ago, I said one of, we were talking about what we got coming up on Thursday. Have we even said that yet, or are we saving that? No, drop it. it. We'll tell it tomorrow. Oh, tell you about it tomorrow. You gotta feed we got something fun coming up on Thursday. Feed the people, man. Nah. I'm listening to Schaefer, and he was giving me the, the no. So, uh, there you go. That's why he's a man that that's why controls he's a the plan. That's why he's, he's a godfather. But I just said, you know, one of the most fun conversations I ever had was I had Young MC on Fox Sports Radio yeah. for like 15 minutes a few years ago. And um, basically talked about Bust a Move. Bust a Move. And then, yeah. I mean, he had some other stuff, too. But just he was a big-time sports fan. He was able to talk. He was an interesting guy. We ought, mm-hmm. we ought to try to have him on. I Definitely. I'm all for music stuff, man. Bill Bender, I don't know if he's a music guy or not, but he is a great writer. Sporting news in Ohio, so intriguing. We can kind of thread the needle between college and pro. Bill, how are you this morning? Hey, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm tired. I was up late watching that game, but uh, it was a fun game last night. Uh, Yeah, I actually was unable to shut down for like an hour after that game, so I'm on limited sleep. I couldn't get to sleep till around midnight last night just because there was so much happening, and I actually think that was the game of the year in the NFL. Yeah, it probably was. Um, you know, obviously a lot going on with Lamar Jackson comes in and, you know, you do the Willis Reed analogy, whatever you want, throws <laughs> that touchdown. Cleveland takes it right back down. That was, I thought Baker Mayfield played awesome last night. Yeah. And then you know, Justin Tucker, I mean, is there a more clutch kicker than him? I mean, so many clutch moments in the last, what, 205 in the game, it was like that last 205 might have been the best 205 of the game I've seen in years. Yeah, I mean, and you kind of saw it coming, too. I said 45-42 on Twitter, like, as soon as Kareem Hunt was deemed to have scored, because I just said, well, I mean, you've given him a lot of time. It's not like Mm -hmm. he's going to miss the kick (laughs) if you give him the opportunity there. The thing you said about Baker, I actually want to go back to that for a second, because I, I was very impressed with Baker owning up and say because the defense was taken a lot last night because they gave up 47 points but baker's just like hey the defense didn't throw that bad interception and this is a guy that has not turned the football over in a long long time until that but then after that play he came back and played well he he looks like he has matured quite a bit under kevin stefanski looks like baker mayfield from oklahoma (laughs) you know getting out on the out of the pocket making big throws uh hanging in the pocket hitting it around playing with confidence you know, some people call it cockiness, but I mean, that's always worked for him. I mean, I always tell people probably the greatest college football performances I've ever seen was that night he planted the flag at Ohio State. Everybody remembers him doing that. They forget that he was lights out that night at a tough venue. And if he play, keeps playing like that, I mean, there'll be a tough out in the playoffs. I don't think they're ready for the Chiefs yet, but, I, you know, I'm a Packers fan. I'm not sure anybody's ready for the Chiefs right now. 
Oh man, so just and, and just as a whole, man, Cleveland, of course, they they've got to play like this and be in these uh nationally televised games to where people can see, okay, this isn't the old Cleveland. Of course, I'm an AFC foe against Cleveland in a sense, just always have been, but I even had to admit last night just Man, they might be on to something. They could be a team that's tough to beat. And I still say this. Give him Baker maybe one more year. What is this, his third or fourth year in a sense of his development? And I think you got something special there with some of the young guys on defense growing up and just them becoming more stable. Is this how you view this team moving forward? Well, I, you know, you probably have a better perspective on this than me over the years. But being from Ohio, you know, there's a psychological bend to it with the Bengals and Browns when it yeah. comes to the Steelers. Um, you know, the Bengals couldn't beat them for years, even though they had good teams. I was at the playoff game, you know, the one where that was the craziest two minutes of a football uh-huh. game I've ever been a part of in my life. Probably you too. Yes. Uh, you know, and the Browns, it's the same deal. I think there's a little bit of a psychology to it in these games against the Ravens and the Steelers. And last night, I mean, the, the the moral victory thing's tough to do on a Tuesday morning, but I think they feel like they can play with the other teams that are going to be in the playoffs in the AFC. And the AFC one to seven, you know, with the Steelers, the Bills, the Titans, the the Colts. Um, if Miami slips in there, I think the AFC playoffs are going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be hard to try to figure out exactly what's going to happen. But one more question surrounding that is: Who do you think's best equipped to beat the Chiefs? Is it is it Bills and or Titans, or do you have another answer? And if Bud Dupree doesn't get hurt, it's the Steelers. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, they're going to have to make some adjustments on defense and their offense has been a little stale. It's probably, you know, the two teams are the, I think it's the Bills with, with how they're playing with Josh Allen. Um, they're a lot like the Browns right now playing, you know, up and coming and playing with a lot of confidence. And, you know, I'll pull a homer card here, but I think Green Bay on the other side, if we get a Green Bay Kansas City Super Bowl and you get Rodgers and Mahomes playing the way they're playing, that could be every bit as entertaining as what we just watched last night. So, okay, on that same sense, the NFC is one of those, it's the, it's, that conference is, you don't know who's coming out of it. One weekend, it seems like the Rams are going to be the team. Next week, it's New Orleans. So right now, your front runner is, is Green Bay, considering what, um, I guess, New Orleans and also uh, what Tampa has. Nobody really is, is, is clearing the way the way Green Bay is at this time. Well, Green Bay's defense is still – all those teams have a question mark, too. Like yeah. Green Bay's the defense. New Orleans is is Breeze coming back. Tampa Bay's week-to-week consistency is really off, and I think you hit it. The team I'm kind of watching each week, and I'm like, they're starting to look like they did a few years ago is the Rams. Yep. And when Jared Goff doesn't turn the ball over, they're right there. But I think the key for Green Bay over these next three weeks, and they got to play the Titans soon. That's a big game. If Green Bay gets home field – which they haven't been able to do in these recent seasons, mm-hmm. I like their chances. Um, you know, just because of the way Aaron Rodgers is playing, he their offense is elite, but their defense, again, they just don't have that ability to close the door. I mean, even with the Lions on Sunday, they, that game took a lot longer than it should have. Clark Lee at Vanderbilt. Uh, that gets announced, and obviously there's there are bigger deals to fry at Auburn and maybe at Tennessee and there's a lot of deals there but when you think about Lee leaving Notre Dame a guy that graduated from Vanderbilt that's from this area but the only knock is you moved one defensive guy out that was used to coaching at a school where it's hard to get people in where he did it at Stanford and now you're bringing in another guy 
who was a defensive-minded guy from Notre Dame, but a great recruiting guy as well. What do you think of the Clark Lee hire? I like it because, you know, he's going to care being an alum. There's mm-hmm. a little bit of an extra bend to that. Uh, he obviously, last three years, um, Notre Dame's been in the top 15 in scoring defense. He's taken, there was years under Brian Kelly where Notre Dame had a good defense. Now they have a borderline elite defense. And if he can take that model, I mean, and recruit some of those similar guys to Vanderbilt on that side of the ball, I think it will help you know, the program as a whole. Yeah. I do like the hire. I think he's going to get a lot of attention. There were people that thought that Clark Lee would have been in line for, you know, quote-unquote, bigger job at one of those programs if that popped open. But um, I like how he fits in Vanderbilt. I think he'll do a good job there. Um, you're the perfect person to answer this question for me. Or Jess, it was a discussion that was had. We had it here on our show, and I've had it with – off, off air also is this. In the last 20 years, there's only been one or one school, one program that's been able to stay steady above 500 in the win-loss column. No matter the coaching change, no matter the era. Another one is Georgia, but in that 20 years, it's been Ohio State where they've actually won a national championship too. The question I got for you in the years that they won 6-6 six and six, and I think they finished like 6-7 and seven, or they might have been teetering between the Trestle era and just moving in between other coaches is two things, I guess. How are they able to do that, being in Ohio where it gets cold, where it gets cold and you're getting recruits from California, Florida, just Texas, all across the, 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 the nation? And the other one is, you know, how does the fan base react to them having a mediocre year in which they hadn't really had many of them? The only one, the last one they had was that in between Urban and Trestle year with Luke Fickle when he was the interim coach. I think that was the last yeah. bad year, so to speak. Um, a couple things. I mean, the high school ball here is awesome, always has been. And uh, Urban took what Jim Trestle did, and he started recruiting like an SEC powerhouse. Mm-hmm. And not they're the only Big Ten school that does that. You know, Michigan and Penn State do okay, but they don't recruit like Ohio State. I mean, you can go look at how many Ohio State guys are in the NFL right now. You can make your own NFL team mm-hmm. with Ohio State guys, and they'd probably be pretty good. It, I think Ohio State and Alabama are the only two teams you can really do that with, yeah. field almost a full team. And uh, I think they develop guys within three years and get them ready for the NFL, as good as Alabama and Clemson. And this year... They're going to win the Big Ten championship. They've won 20 straight Big Ten games, and they're going to get back in the ring with the other heavyweights, whether it's Clemson, Alabama, or Notre Dame. I think around here, I don't think we're going to get it just because of how the pairings shake out, but uh, a Notre Dame-Ohio State Rose Bowl would be a lot of fun. Bill Bender of the Sporting News joining us. What is Auburn doing exactly, Bill? Uh, they're, they're, it looks like they're paying $21-plus million to send Gus Malzahn away, and the report's emerging that Kevin Steele, the defensive coordinator, is the leading candidate. Do you believe that you would actually jettison Gus Malzahn in order to promote his defensive coordinator, or would you maybe concur with a Barrett Salee or somebody that thinks that's a smokescreen for something else? It's got to be a smokescreen, and Barrett knows <laughs> what he's talking about there. Um, that I'll be honest, that one Sunday really surprised me because uh, – you kind of, as you go through this process at the end of the season, you kind of map out which coaching changes could happen. And I, you know, I had, Gus's seat's always hot, is the way I looked at it. And they never, I thought, didn't think they would pull that this year. But, um, you know, the, the candidate that makes the most sense is the most controversial one. It's uh, Hugh Freeze. Yeah. We know he can coach. We, we know he had a scheme that bugged Nick Saban 
when he was at Ole Miss. I mean, they beat them back-to-back years and almost beat them a third straight year. So if they can stomach that and the SEC allows it, I think that's where you got to go. If he is not in the running because the assumption is he wants to go to Tennessee, if you're Tennessee, do you get rid of Jeremy Pruitt? Do you think Hugh Freeze is good enough with the risks involved to go there and try to turn that program around? Yeah, again, yeah, same deal. If you can stomach it, why not? Because I mean, you're, they've turned into the same results on a year-to-year basis. They, the, I think I put that story this year where they lose these rivalry games to Florida and Georgia and Alabama. It was somewhere in the neighborhood of an average of between 28 and 30 points under Pruitt against those three schools. Um, somebody's got to change it. And Hugh Freeze, again, his for all the things that he brings, and he asked Ole Miss to fall out with considerable, um, he can coach offense. He can yeah. coach quarterbacks. And in this game, in this age, you need offense and you need a quarterback to even have a chance. Uh, speaking of offense, was it a major mistake by Florida by not having Kyle Pitts on the uh, field this past weekend? Because they definitely could have used him. And if there was ever a conversation to be had about them getting into the SEC championship, I mean, get winning, I mean, getting into the college football playoffs and possibly beating uh, Alabama, which I doubt. I mean, they kind of ruined those chances with their loss, right? I mean, if they beat Alabama on Saturday, there's going to be a long conversation about whether the first two loss teams should make the playoff. Huh. But, but they, I still don't think they're going to get in. I think Alabama's in no matter what happens. Yeah. Okay. And, um, they're going to blame this, like, you know, when Wilson threw the shoe, that's one thing. <laughs> but, they messed around with LSU. Yeah. They, they allowed them. They turned the ball over three times in the first half. Could be by a freshman quarterback. You know they, they, you know they made their own bed, so to speak. And you know even without Kyle Pitts, Kyle Trask threw for four hundred seventy-four yards, but just too many costly mistakes in that situation. Who would you take on the team in terms of most valuable? Trask and Mac Jones, or Kyle Pitts and Devontae Smith? I mean, that's what makes voting for the Heisman this year so hard. I, I mean, right now, Devontae Smith's probably the best player in the country. Kyle Pitts is an absolute matchup nightmare, and he's going to be awesome in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But as we know, the Heisman is this quarterback award, and you know, Trask and Mac Jones will be right there. I think if Justin Fields played more games, he'd probably be there. And as I've been telling people all along, Trevor Lawrence might be go, go down as the greatest college football player of all time if they win the national title, and he might never be a Heisman finalist. Wow. That's crazy to me. And, uh, you know, Ian Book's even playing well enough that he probably should be in the running. So this weekend we'll probably make some decisions, but, I mean, for Devontae Smith, Mac Jones, Kyle Trask, and Kyle Pitts, it's a chance to go make that signature moment. Right now we're at a point to where it seems like all of football, in a sense, if you're going to win – you're winning offensively. I mean, look at the uh, college world right now. We're, we're really not bringing up one powerful like defensive player around. Is it kind of weird seeing the, the change go to strictly offense across all leagues on how to win games? Even at Alabama at this point, where they've been known for years to have a monstrous defense. I mean, they, they still have been pretty good the last five games, giving up just seven points per game, and they're, they're blowing people out. And... Um, Notre Dame's got a pretty good defense. But, yeah, I mean, the, the game is quarterback, score 40 a game, and if you give up around 20 to 24, you're okay. It's yeah. almost like we've made fun of Big 12 football for years. Well, a lot of college football has become Big 12 football. You look at the way 
Clemson and Alabama and Ohio State play, they, they score 40 to 45 with an elite quarterback. And then we question their defense a little bit because they give up some points in the fourth quarter. And, uh, all three of those teams are going to be back in the playoffs, and chances are one of them is going to be holding up the national championship trophy. Bill, we appreciate it, man. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. Yes, hey, thanks a lot. Take care, guys. Thanks, man. That's Bill Bender of the Sporting News. Uh, he's in a good place to be right yeah, now. He is. He's in a football epicenter in Ohio. He can just being around Ohio State and just the Browns right now being what they are. Probably a fun time. It is honestly to be up there covering all of that. He's looking forward to. I mean, even still, Burrow coming back. Indeed. For him. So we didn't do this off the top of the segment because we wanted to get to Bill a little bit sooner, but it is Titans Ticket Tuesday, presented by Kentucky Legend. Right now, be caller number five to Jonathan Schaefer at 615-737-ZONE. That's 0663 or 737-9663. Caller five right now wins two tickets to see the Titans v. The Lions this Sunday at Nissan Stadium. Again, caller number five, Titans Ticket Tuesday. We do it three times on Tuesdays. You'll hear it later on today, but your first chance right now at 615-737-ZONE. We'll react to some of what Bill said when we come back. J. Martin Ramon, 104.5 The Zone. I haven't heard this one in a while. I'm looking forward to this week's celebrity DJ. We'll save that one too, but I'm excited about it. Oh, we made the announcement yesterday. Oh, we did? You say not on the show, though? Or on the show? It was on Twitter. We hadn't done it on the show. Okay, yeah. There's two shows. I figured that out. Yeah. There's two shows. There's the radio show, then there's the Twitter show. I like I like how active everybody is in both. Quite there's right. a Slack show, too. There's three shows. The poop show. The Slack show is just you every day, Shay. What are you talking about? Slacking. <laughs> He's taking shots at everybody. Look, man, Protect with yourself. the memes that I'm getting on Twitter with dogs <laughs> and I love my husband because of the first snack comment. I hate all of y'all. He <laughs> brings me my I don't even know you snack. and I hate your guts. <laughs> William in Nashville joining us on the program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly me right now. Next person say something while I'm talking is getting shot. Please believe that. William in Nashville up next. William, what's up? Hey, guys. How you doing? First time caller. Hey, hey man. Welcome to Good the to show, Cuzzo. Man, nice. Hey. Well, I appreciate y'all taking my call. I was just going to try to stir the pot a little bit with uh, you freeze, if that's all right. Sounds Whoa, good. Go ahead. Uh, well, uh, I'll preface what I'm about to say by saying I went to Ole Miss while he was our coach down there when we went to the Sugar Bowl. And uh, agree with me or not, but that was probably the most exciting time to be in any college. We had Marshall Henderson in basketball. Our baseball team went to Omaha and we draw big crowds for that. And, then, of course, we had Hugh Freeze taking us to the Sugar Bowl. Uh, so, I mean, it was fun all the way around. But i tell you this. I understand he's a controversial hire, but he is going to bring excitement to wherever he goes. Having said that, I could be wrong. I don't think I am, but I'm pretty positive he had a daughter who went to Auburn. But you got to keep in mind, he's coached in the state of Tennessee before. He coached at Lamba. Mm-hmm. So he's seen that West Tennessee crowd. He's seen what excitement the UT balls can bring within the state. And if you think he's going to have trouble recruiting, I, I don't know anybody who would say that. Now, I understand he had some violations there at Ole Miss, but the last time our defense was good was when he was our coach, and we were still putting points on the board. Yeah. 
I mean, that's William not untrue at all. Point, strong first guy. call, Cousin Absolutely. William. Absolutely, William. Call back any time. Uh, that's the whole thing about it. It's like t- Tennessee is in a, uh, what do you want to call it, lull, in a sense, especially with the fan base. And I, I, from what Cousin William is saying, in a sense, it seems as if Hugh Freeze is a guy that kind of can turn that light switch back on again, can flip those recruits that love leaving the state of Tennessee. You know, if, 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 he, if he's a good recruiting uh, coach, or can hire good recruiters, then you got something, at least for that part. And offensively, that's all we've always heard is offensively, offensively, he can make it happen, he can score points, he can he can get an offense. And the best part I heard about it was was on Bill Bender a second ago, he said development of quarterbacks and offenses. That's something we've had lacking right now in, in Tennessee in a sense of like, yeah, um, where's the where's the development? And you could, because you're looking at the recruiting class, you know you have the athletes. There's a lot of four and five star guys, not a five stars, but there's a lot of four stars on this roster at those positions. And it shows that there's a tracker that goes along the ESPN top 300 that tracks guys and that top 300. And most of the times, I think it's a high percentage of those, those top 300s making it to the NFL. I would love to know our, uh, our, our, uh, success rate when it comes to those right there. Those guys usually do well, Jason. Yeah. I mean, look, you heard Bill Bender say it. Hugh Freeze scores points. Yeah. There was that chart that Ryan McGee of ESPN had put up that I, I actually tweeted out. I think it would have been Sunday right after the Malzahn news. And then you saw it also yesterday, Moan. It was all these coaches that have been hired across the SEC since mm-hmm. Saban took over at Alabama. Oh. Hugh Freeze got Saban with Bo Wallace, and he got Saban with Chad Kelly. Think about that. Now, did he do it above board? I mean... That becomes a question. That was what Bill said. Is it worth the risk not knowing exactly? I'll say this. I think at every major university across from USC all the way to the other USC, South Carolina, coast to coast, everybody's playing dirty. It's a matter of who gets caught, who's sloppy. That's where the difference is. Or unless you're like Nick Saban and you just sell guys on, hey, you come here, you're going to do this. But if you're, if you're not Nick Saban, if you're not the head coach of the Ohio State, or even for the sense of, of, of dabble at this moment right now, everybody else is playing a, a, a money grab game when it comes to these recruits. Let's be brutally honest about sure. that. Hugh Freeze is a guy that got sloppy, got dirty with what he was doing. I mean, we just saw again. Bruce Perrell deal, dealing with the same issues right now. They self-imposed some stuff in a COVID year. Okay, oh, we're not going to plan this. Okay, whatever. Yeah, but it's happening more than we know. Those one or two articles we hear about is probably on 130 of the what is it? 170 uh, NCAA teams, Division One teams. It's happening, everybody. So the Hugh Freeze thing sounds like a that's his biggest stick. Of course, his moral side that he's put it behind him and continuously working through it because why? We all make mistakes. Um, but if you're going to decide right now, it seems like listen to the fan base, seeing what's being posted on the rock at UT, the boulder at UT, the rock at UT is the fact that you're losing a crowd. You're losing that 100,000 people that sit their bottoms in the seats in, 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 in Neyland Stadium. Speaking of the bottoms, the bottom three comes along with the top seven. Mm. Our version of the power rankings, the weekly 7-3, will open up our three. That's next at J. Martin Ramon on Twitter, 104.5 The Zone.